2: Gorgeous George and are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you
0: ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is NNA Junkie Radio. We roll
1: What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and are back here. On a Thursday, well, it's actually Wednesday night, but this is for your Thursday delivery. Excited to talk with you for the next hour or so. It's going to be a fun time here. We got two guests, two big names actually in the sport of mixed martial arts. Aaron Pico from Bellator. Man, this guy, years ago, 0-0, and so much hype. He's now up to 10-3. and He's got a big fight coming up against Jeremy Kennedy at Bellator 286. Talk to him about that. And, of course, Big Ben Rothwell, good friend of the show. Big Ben's got a fight coming up at BKFC, same night as Aaron Pico, October 1st, except he's over at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships for Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships 30 against uh, Bobo O'Bannon. So it'll be interesting to talk to him as well. We'll talk about the latest news another Dana White contender series in the books and tons of news regarding Nick Diaz. Uh, sorry, Nate Diaz. Who's he been talking to? We'll tell you. An old friend of his. Uh, also, Yoel Romero. He's got some ideas involving Jake Paul. Floyd Mayweather's trying to n- pick another fight with Connor McGregor. Joe Rogan says he's gone when Dana's gone. So we'll talk about all that when we come back. And that's when we're going to be starting MMA Junkie Radio again for your Thursday delivery. Goosey Gator. So let's get a couple news nuggets out the way and then we'll uh, we'll start in on some of these interviews. But Yo Romero wants to box Jake Paul in boxing. He needs to get humble. The of all, goes, he's got to throw hands with Melvin Manhoff, one of the funnest strikers that's ever graced our sport. So first things first, and then I'm afraid he has to get in line. Like, it's nice to pick a fight against someone, but Jesus, it's hard to believe he's not behind Anderson Silva and then Nate Diaz. So he's literally picking a fight against someone for late 2023.
3: I don't hate him for uh, for trying because, hey, we're talking about it on this show, right? But boy, mm-hmm. is that just unrealistic. Um, you're right. There are two fights in front of Jake Paul. Uh, you could even argue that Tommy Fury, Hasim uh, uh, Rockman Jr., if that ever were to come up, all of those would happen before he would fight Yoel Romero. And even if Yoel Romero got his wish, Yoel Romero does not have the type of style that uh, would really suit him in boxing. So none of it really makes any sense. Uh, I'm I'm not interested in any way. Yeah.
1: And, you know, Logan Paul started this whole thing versus KSI, and then Jake Paul came along for the ride, and he's done better than him. I was thinking about Logan Paul the other day. And then somehow I came across the fact that he's headlining one of these major pay-per-views at WWE against Roman Reigns. And I'm like, holy cow. I remember he did well for himself at WrestleMania, but I guess this guy's really blown up
3: over there. Well, his yeah, his first fight in, at WrestleMania, if I didn't tell you, you know, there's a lot of people that just tune into WWE every now and again. You would have thought he'd been doing this for a while. He looked pretty damn impressive with what he did. But you know what? For as much as people hate the Paul brothers, it's the same thing for boxing. You know, Jake Paul is not the greatest boxer of all time, but you can tell he takes it serious. You know, he puts in the work. Uh, Logan's doing the same thing over there at WWE, and it's paying off. It just shows how big these brothers have become in just in society today. I don't know that he can sustain that in pro wrestling, but uh, he seems to have people's attention right now. And this is kind of a new era, right, that Triple H is, is running over there. So who knows? Who, who knows? Maybe he's in it for a little bit longer than we think, but... Uh, you know, every, everybody we know that's ever done professional wrestling says, man, it just it beats the shit out of your body. It really does. And so uh, Logan Paul has avenues that he can seek that don't involve that, where he could still make decent money. So I think he's along for the ride for a little bit, and then he's out.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another combat sports athlete outside of MMA. Again, Ben Rothwell, Aaron Pico coming up here in just a sec. Uh, Floyd Mayweather says a Conor McGregor rematch will happen in 2023. Then he throws shade at the UFC star. Here's what he said. He had an exclusive interview with sports mail. He says, quote, we don't know if it's going to be an exhibition or a real fight, but there's been talks of both. He also added, I'm not into fights where I'm not going to take any real punishment. (laughs) That was kind of a funny bag. He continues. So guys like Conor McGregor and guys that don't really hit hard, such as YouTubers and UFC guys, I really don't mind colliding with those kinds of individuals, but nothing where I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm going to harm myself or hurt myself. Um, He does say, boxing is my first love in Con- Oh, sorry, that was Conor McGregor. That was the end of it for Floyd, basically. I thought it was kind of funny because... You know, he kind of throws shade at the UFC guys, YouTubers, and specifically Conor McGregor. Now, Conor McGregor had a decent comeback. Look, we know he lost the fight. He did land that one uppercut that was nice, but he just wrote back in one hashtag, not interested. Um, So, it you know, it's kind of funny him dismissing Floyd like that, but I find it hard to believe he's not interested when that paid him four times any more he's ever made. In the UFC
3: yeah I mean phew. not not interested would be the hashtag I would use for sure like uh-huh. my first question would be why why do they need to fight again there's no way you had trouble selling me on the first fight that Connor could do anything to Floyd Mayweather one of the best boxers we've ever seen in our generation and you're telling me Connor McGregor's gonna pick up boxing? in a couple months, and give him a fight. That was absolutely ridiculous, okay? But we watched it. We sat through it. Now you want me to eat that? You want me to drink that Kool-Aid a second time? Why? Tell me why. Why should I do it? I don't want to put money in either guy's pocket. Not for that bullshit. If Floyd Mayweather wants to fight someone real, cool, okay? But all these dumb fights he's taken in Dubai and Japan or whatever, not interested in that. And if Conor McGregor wants to come over and box, I'm not interested in that either. I just don't understand what it is they're trying, well, what Floyd Mayweather's trying to accomplish here. And why Floyd Mayweather, why would he even want that? You know, other, other than the money, which he's got tons of, why? Like, to me, at some point, man, you're going to start tarnishing your legacy a little bit by taking these stupid fights that really mean nothing. You're kind of acting like a clown now.
1: You know... The only thing I can think of is this. They sold 4.4 million, I believe, pay-per-views. And they may be thinking, shit, if we just do 25% of that, that's 1.1. And that's actually a really decent UFC pay-per-view. But if they're the ones, you know, making 80% of that, that might be the reason why right there, it's maybe another five years of partying and bodyguards and diamonds and watches for each guy. And that's just the way they look at it till the next opportunity. They get your money. Nope. Not even close, they right? They didn't get it the first time and they're not going to get it the second time. But if 25% of the people go, yeah, yeah, I got nothing to do on, on a Saturday night that's any better. Just let me know when it's happening. And only 25% of the ones that tuned into the first one tune in the second one. Like I say, it's 1.1 1. 1. 1 million pay-per-views. That's all I can think of. I don't know because he- when you lived all your life making a lot of money and all of a sudden it starts disappearing you start looking for reasons to squeeze, keep squeezing that 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 orange or that lemon or whatever you want to call
3: it. All he can celebrate are two decent shots, I think, that he landed in that fight. But to put that in other terms, it would be like if a football team lost 60-6 to six, and the team that scored six were to say, hey, but how about them two field goals? You would go, who gives a fuck? You just got a train just ran over you. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that would make you want to watch that game again. And there's nothing that makes me want to watch that fight again.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. They threw it out into existence. So did Yo Romero. But maybe we just blew the first 10 minutes of the show talking about stuff that ain't going to happen. I'll tell you what's going to happen, though. Aaron Pico, we're going to talk to him. He's ready to go. We'll be back with uh, the featherweight, the Bellator featherweight, who will be dancing with Jeremy Kennedy on October 1st at Bellator 286. What's going on Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and are back with another MMA superstar. This time we get to talk to Bellator featherweight Aaron Pico. He's got a big fight coming up against Jeremy Kennedy on October 1st in Long Beach. Formerly his stomping grounds, that area, the 562. Yeah. Now I believe he's in uh, New Mexico. How you doing Aaron? How are you? I'm doing well.
0: I'm doing well. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. I- I'm really excited to do this. So, let's uh let's have some fun. Thank you, sir. The pleasure is ours. You're a great fighter. We love covering
1: you. We love seeing you grow up in the sport. Do you miss LA by the way?
0: Uh, th- now you've been a few years in Albuquerque, right? Yeah, I've been, I've been here quite some time, like three and a half, almost four years. Yeah, of course I miss California. Uh, I have a lot of family there. I love the, you know, different, you know, we have our, you know, the Lakers, the Dodgers our, yeah we have our culture there, but, uh, Albuquerque has been very good to me. I'm enjoying everybody here. I have good friends. I have family, friends who I consider family now. Um, mm-hmm. So I get the best of both worlds. Horses too, right? Yeah, I have two horses, four dogs. Yeah, my life is crazy.
1: <laughs> and, and a new baby, I think.
0: Yeah, my son, Valentino. Uh, he's just starting to walk. Oh, he, he's he been walking. Um, but no, it's, it's crazy to see he's getting into everything. And uh, yeah, he's a bundle of joy. I love it. Has he shot his first double yet? Can he walk? What's going on? <laughs> nah, not not yet. I want him to ride horses or, or go on the go-karts. I'm not sure if he'll wrestle. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, that's just something you are dead set against. You
0: you don't want him in combat sports? Uh no, I'm not dead set about it. It's just uh um yeah, I don't know. I you know what? I if he wants to wrestle, great. If he doesn't, great, but uh we'll see we'll have to see only time can tell he'll definitely do a wrestling practice he's got to put on the shoes at least once but right. uh, i'm afraid he'll like it <laughs> and uh but it's just it's just a tough it's just a tough life to be honest with you it's i mean i know every I, I know every uh thing you do at the high level is very very tough um but wrestling and combat sports is just a different a different level of toughness especially at a young age i know for me i you know grew up wrestling cutting weight and I enjoyed it. I looked at it as game. Um, I knew, you know, if I had to lose some weight, I knew that if I weighed in, I was going to be able to get whatever I wanted after and it was going to be nice. But that was just my way of thinking. I can't, I can't expect everybody else to think like that, you know. Having to, having to lose three or four pounds as a young kid is kind of a lot of weight. And uh, I don't know if he'll be, you know, cut out for that. And, and it's just sometimes not fun. But I enjoyed it. I, I really can say I enjoyed it. But not everybody thinks like me, so. We'll have to see. We'll just have fun, enjoy life, and and uh, whatever he decides to do. Um, Dad will be there to support him.
1: You still follow wrestling? Did you see Team USA did very well in the World Wrestling Championships?
0: Yeah, I heard about that. And if I'm being honest, no, I don't. I don't really follow it anymore. I, I just well, kind mm-hmm. of, um, you know, I have a lot going on with the MMA. I have my horses, and obviously my son, and and. Um, no, I always say I, I'm very grateful for what wrestling did for me, what it's taught me. But uh, once I close that chapter, I just um, I close it, and I don't really have any regrets or anything like that. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that um, to see guys still, per, you know, pursuing their dream. Um, but at the end of the day, it was it just wasn't my dream. It wasn't my dream, and and um, I've i moved on to other things, and and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm comfortable where I'm at in my life. Well,
1: Jordan Burroughs won his sixth gold medal in the World Wrestling Championships. That's very impressive. And then That's awesome. Kyle Dake won one. You know, he's the guy that won four different weight classes in the NCAAs. Yeah, yeah. Every year. So, yeah. you know, I was cheering for the red, white, and blue, and that was that was cool. They had a, a great thing. But of like course. you said, you have closed the chapter, and so let's talk some MMA. Yeah. Um when going back to what you know, when I asked you about your son, you kind of hesitated. And I wanted to ask you, was it in part just because it's such a grueling sport? Like, um, you know, I, I can see that, you know, there, there's a lot of fighters that have, have success, but they they admit, man, they they just not sure if they want it for their kids.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. It's really tough. It's really tough. I mean, training camp is, is very difficult for me. Um a lot of training. My body hurts sometimes. I don't feel like going to the gym. Um, obviously, I have to watch my weight. I got to make weight. It's just a very, just different different lifestyle. But I like it. I, I enjoy this. This is all I know. I've been. I started wrestling when I was four years old. I think I had my first wrestling tournament. Uh, I was thirty five pounds. So this is this is what I've known and been bred to do my whole life. And um, I'm okay with that. Um, but it is a difficult. It's a difficult sport a lot of head trips as far as mentally ups and downs and um and sometimes the consequences of you making a wrong you know wrong move is is you getting getting knocked out sent to the hospital orbitals broke hands broke feet broke legs broke it's just different you know in nba you missed you have a bad game okay you only had 10 points and you know what i mean you get to go home and you're going to get a paycheck the next month and you're going to be making your millions of dollars the way that the mma works is it just doesn't work out that way and um, it's tough. Not everybody's cut out for this. You know, Some like like I always say, some dogs just don't hunt. Right.
1: Well, you're hunting. You're on six yeah. in a row now. Yeah. And I know early on in your career, a lot of pressure. You know, you, you came out of the game a little slow, four and three. But now you're 10 yeah. and three and six in a row. And yeah. Jamie Kennedy's a big dog. You know, he fought in the UFC before. He's been around. And now you're getting closer. Now we can start talking about, like, Hey, if this goes your way, if you say the right things, you know, um, now we start talking like titles. Are you you get is it kind of getting a little bit more exciting now that you're like being featured and talked about that like that?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. I think this is where I've always pictured myself. And as a young kid, I've always wanted to be a world champion. So now I'm kind of knocking at the door for that. I feel I'm physically and mentally ready for it. That's the most important thing. I think before when I first came into my career, I was only 20 years old and had a lot of pressure, a lot of hype, but I had a lot of learning and growing up to do, and uh, I'd be 26 on Friday. So I think I'm, I'm at that stage in my life, physically and mentally, to uh, take on the challenge of being a world champion, and, and I've been saying it. I don't want to be a good champion. I want to be a great champion. I want to defend my belt, and um, I think I have a good, solid group around me, inside the gym outside the gym to uh to be a champion for a very very long time but everybody has to go through that they have to get through that one fight and then fight for the championship and then you can get the ball rolling so i'm at that stage of my career and uh I, i'm really excited for it
3: aaron of those six fights is there one that you can point to that you could say if that dude shows up every night, that version of Aaron Pico, he's unbeatable. Is there like one that's the best representation of you? Aiden Lee.
0: When I fought Aiden Lee, um, he's from um, uh, Edwards camp. He was a long, lengthy, good kicker. And I just put the pressure on him. I was relentless. I you know, I tried to submit him four times, but I didn't ever think like, man, I didn't get the submission. I just kept um, playing my music and... Um, and then I got the job done. And I, you know, when I got done with the fight, I said, man, I didn't feel like I, I did really good. But then as I went back and watched it with my coaches, my relentless pressure um, was, was the factor in that. And obviously my skills is very good. So if I can fight like that every single time, I know I'll be unstoppable.
3: Yeah, George mentioned Jeremy Kennedy earlier. And that's a tough kid, man. Very tough fighter. Um, yeah. Are there any ways that he stands out? as far as being a puzzle to solve over previous opponents that you faced in your career? Um, I
0: I just think he has an understanding of everywhere, you know, standing on the ground. He's, um, you know, relatively good wrestler. He's going to look to body lock, uh, shoot-off combinations, look to calf kick. Um, I know him and his coaches have been working a lot of, uh, you know, inside leg kicks to switch to to left head kick. He throws his jab crazy amount of crazy amount of times i think i watched one fight he threw 27 jabs in one in one round and 25 in the second round and only 10 in the in the third round but then that third round he got a takedown um now i think he's very predictable um i've studied him a lot, a lot i think he's going to throw a lot of uh calf kicks so we're prepared for that i think he know i think he thinks that the body shot's going to be coming but we have another answer for that body shots will be coming but just I just have a different – I have a whole different attack system now, and we've really built for this guy. So, you know, I posted a video of me hitting a bunch of body shots. Body shots will come, but we have other things in in store for him that I'm excited to show.
3: So I swear I thought of you this weekend, and it was because Canelo Alvarez fought. You and Canelo have a similar dig to the body. Did you watch this fight, and where do you kind of assess where your boxing is at now at this point in your career?
0: If I'm being honest, I'm a really good boxer. I have I have a really good uh, feel for boxing, and I want to show I want to be able to box one day. Um, Canelo and I have a similar style. We throw a lot of power shots. We go down low to the body a lot, and uh, I feel my boxing is 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 really good, especially being around Coach Gibson and and uh, working on my striking. We've come a long way. I want to box. Um, I know a lot of MMA fighters are like, oh, I want to go and fight this guy right off the bat. I kind of have a different approach if i need to go down to mexico and get 10 fights and and build my record up a little bit i will and i think i'm capable i think i i want to be able to do that hopefully bellator will give me that that opportunity or put me on a showtime card on an undercard and do a four-rounder six-rounder and um because i'll be honest with you i feel like i'm a better boxer than i am an mma fighter i know that sounds kind of crazy but (laughs) <laughs> MMA is very difficult for me and uh and that's why I'm so obsessive about training. And 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 boxing would be boxing is not in, you know easier but I just think for me personally I have a better feel for boxing.
1: Well Bellator just let MVP bare knuckle fight. Did you see that? He he did the bare knuckle fight versus um Mike Perry. Okay. Uh, so similar to boxing
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that things brutal blood
1: that part yeah it, would that ever interest you because we, we know at least they've greenlit that
0: well you're asking me if I would ever do bare knuckle yeah hey money talks hey, you know if, if the money was right hey I would I don't rule out anything I don't rule out anything but for me my passion is boxing too I love boxing when I first started and um you know, I wrestled and then I turned like 10, 11, and then I had like 30 boxing fights. I sparred all the guys that are in the, you know, you know, I you know, sparred Ryan Garcia. I fought the Carlos Belderas. I was in the amateur scene a lot. I mean, we, I traveled with those guys and were always um, present. Um, and that was my goal. I always wanted to win a WBC world championship, the green belt. That was always um, something that I had in my heart. And, um, Life took me in a different direction, but I'm I'm really happy where it took me. And um, I'm 26. I'm relatively young. And uh, boxing is not out of the question. But I want to do it the right way, the right way, because let's just be honest. A lot of MMA guys can't box. And um, it's, it's hard. It's hard. But I grew up, you know, from a – I developed that muscle memory from a young age. I was in the boxing club many, many times. I sparred all over California. I would go here, spar there, go to – um you know la spar guys there so i I'm, I'm pretty good i mean just ask freddie roach go ask those guys at Wild card. they've seen me and um i hope i'm given that opportunity one day to showcase my skills you think you could have given mayweather a better fight than mcgregor did <laughs> yeah i really do Mayweather's my favorite boxer this is not this is not me. i i i um I think I could have for sure I I can box Mm -hmm.
1: well there's plenty of opportunities now in combat sports it's just got to be about the timing and about throwing it out into the universe like you just did you know and now it exists yeah would consider boxing at some point you know not not to say that your focus isn't on Jeremy Kennedy or eventually winning a title in the featherweight division at Bellator and all that but you know you're young and yeah. and you do have a boxing background you're not you're not you know just pulling this out of your ass or anything like that so this is all interesting to all of us and i and and again you work for a promoter who i think loves hearing this i don't think he in any way thinks oh boy you know is he losing focus or anything like that so i've been
0: i've been saying it too like um you know for like a promoter eddie hearn oscar de uh you know uh, whoever you know if they need me to go in there and spar a 140, a 146 pounder. And just to see where my skills are at, just give me a call. I, I will go spar. I will go spar those guys because I was Miguel Cotto main training partner. I was, you know, sparring those guys that are world champions now. And I was, and I was holding my own. And, um, it's not just me talking out of my ass. I, I can do that. And if, if, you know, Eddie Hearn or Oscar or any of the promotions want to say, okay, well, we we'll, you know, we want to throw you on a card, but we want to see where your skills are. Call me, you know, and I and I will go be a sparring partner. I will show that I can I can hold my own. And and uh, boxing is, is is great. I have nothing but respect for them. I know that Showtime puts on great events. I know Jake Paul is doing a great job promoting fights. And I've been saying it. Throw me on an undercard on a Jake Paul or Jake Paul uh, card, you know, because I, yeah. I will be exciting. And I'm not saying oh I need to go fight Jake Paul. I'm not saying that. I've been saying that. I just put me on the undercard because I will draw some eyeballs to the, to the, um, to the event, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I was just going to suggest that as part of the family showtime and he's fighting Anderson later than the month in Arizona. I don't know if you'll wander on over. It's one state over, you know, it's in Phoenix, Arizona on the 29th, but I, I, think, that, I think that would be pretty interesting. And yeah. I, you know, I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> it's, it, it was a nice reminder of just how special boxing is in, cer- in certain, ways. When I saw the reported paydays for Canelo forty five million for Triple G twenty million, I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's tremendous. I'm happy for them. Yeah. And uh, anybody that can get grab bags like that, they should go after it.
0: So absolutely, absolutely. I'm really happy. I love Canelo. My damn horse is named Canelo. He's a big, he's a big uh inspiration for me in MMA as far as my combinations he's I know Eddie Reynoso is a big motivation to coach Gibson so they're a good team and to see him get paid like that hey hats off to him you know we've spoken
1: to the guys at body shop and they've always spoken highly of you AJ McKeven went so far as to say he just never wants to fight you um so will you be dipping in there this week on fight week is it considered a, a home to you at all are the guys still your friends
0: yeah of course of course they're still my friends i talk to them on instagram i know we're on a group chat and um yeah nothing but nothing but respect and love for those guys in in long beach um yeah if if time permits and i can stop by i know the door is always open to me and vice versa if they're ever here in new mexico they're always welcome at jackson wink at my home and um they are a family like i said aj and i grew up together Many times he spent the night at my house. My mom would go pick him up, and you know, if I needed to lose weight as a kid, my my dad couldn't take me to the practice. You know, Antonio would help me. So it's uh, it's just some things that that you remember as a kid. They they are family. There is no bad blood just because MMA tries to turn guys against each other. I'll never go down that road. Um, yeah, nothing but love to those guys. And that's kind of how he made it sound. Like you know, this is this is kind of like
1: my brother and you explaining how the parents would coordinate, you know, when you guys were younger, there you go. That solidifies, I guess, what he was saying. But I thought that was tremendous that he right away shot it down. Nope, don't ask me that again. It's not going to happen. Of course, right now we have a different champion. We have Pitbull Frady. And I'll close with this, my final question. He fights on the same card as you. And I wanted to ask you, can you take him now or do you still need a little bit more seasoning? Because to be fair, he does have – seven title defenses he's won two titles he's got a lot of experience you know he's been in a lot of fights but at the same time i imagine you know you're you're a gamer um what would you be ready for him in 2022 or 2023 or do you still feel like aaron pico is improving and is yet to hit the peak
0: no absolutely i'd be able to take him on right now if uh, october 1st they said well adam borks got hurt can you step in and fight patricia i would say absolutely yes i i feel like i am ready and um To answer your question, yes and yes. There you go.
1: There he is, Aaron Pico, former Brave from St. John Bosco, doing the interview with some Santa Ana boys. Uh, Thank you so much for the time. We'll probably see you down in Long Beach. So I hope the rest of the camp goes smooth, the weight cut, the travels, everything. And I hope you have a fantastic night in front of your hometown uh, there in Southern California, Long Beach, California. Thanks again for the time.
0: Hey, no worries. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys uh, October 1st.
1: All right, take care. See ya. How about that? His ears must have been ringing. He thinks he'd do better against Floyd than Conor McGregor.
3: That was a nice question. A good good grab. I will tell you this much, George. I have have always been excited to watch him box. He has something in him that uh, he takes it serious. And he goes to the body the way Canelo does. He's a smart fighter. I would love to see Aaron Pico box. And if you listen to the things that he's saying... Just the route that he wants to take, right? Go to Mexico, get a couple fights under your belt, 10 fights. That's the right way to do it. You can tell that his heart is in it. He's not just there to try and steal money, right? So uh, that that's that's part of the battle right there, dude. That kid's got a good head on his shoulder. If I had a son and I wanted them to get into combat sports, that is the type of guy that I would say, watch this guy, learn from this guy. He knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that card is pretty pretty nice for Bellator. I'll give it up. Happening in Long Beach, if you want to check it out. I've been to that venue to watch great fights. I've seen Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler, too, there. And this time they're coming with Patricio Pitbull versus Adam Boricks. Then they got A.J. McKee Jr. Debuting at 155 versus Spike Carlisle, the Alpha Ginger. Aaron Pico versus Jeremy Kennedy. Juan Archuleta against Enrique Barzola, good friend of the show, extreme couture guy like us, Max Roshkoff, he's on the card as well. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Socaler and you're looking for some MMA action, I think Bellator's coming pretty correct. That's a nice card. Guys. Remember, you know, they've taken some criticism from us, or maybe me, in, in the last year or so, a few years, where it's, like, really hard to tune in to, A whole card, maybe, yeah, main event, co-main event, I'm there. I'm usually there. It's our job. But this is one where you really want to, like, block it out and say, all right, for three hours, leave me alone. I'm watching Bellator.
3: You know, I think we've been to quite a few Long Beach and SoCal shows for Bellator. Mm -hmm. And they usually come pretty correct as far as the card goes on those. So, I mean, you've gotten me before, and I've had a great time. I'd love to go to this one. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna try and stick with themes here. Speaking of Bellator, how about Bellator President Scott Coker saying, we're in dialogue with Nate Diaz to join the promotion. So usually they're like, well, you know, we like to keep our cards close to our chest and we'd love to have them of course, but we're still not sure what the situation is. (laughs) Oh, he's saying, yeah, we've uh, chatted with him. Now Coker's in Dublin, Ireland for Bellator 285. But of course the world is, um milliseconds apart when you pick up a phone or FaceTime or WhatsApp or whatever. So they're definitely talking to Nate Diaz. Uh, he did acknowledge, though, this is part of the quote. Well, we're definitely talking to him. We've reached out, and I know he's probably talking to everybody. He's, I think, in a pretty good situation. I know he wants to fight Jake Paul. Jake Paul's fighting, you know, against Anderson Silva on Showtime pay-per-view, which is our home network. So there's some synergies here uh what did you think of that you know Nate Diaz going to Bellator let me just ask you this question who would you put him up against you know I guess he would just do legend fights super fights I don't know what he would do but what what would you do with him
3: I'm not a big fan of it uh, especially considering the amount of money that Nate Diaz is going to ask for the problem with Bellator as I see it is They have one or two fighters that really captivate you. But then you look at the rest of the card and you go, well, what am I doing here, right? Like, who are these guys? Whatever you're going to pay Nate Diaz, I guarantee you, you can pick up a lot of free agents for that. Probably in the five to six range. Five or six quality guys where you can beef up your card. I think that's more important than just the one payoff on Nate Diaz that just doesn't make too much sense to me. And he's going to want to do it at 170. I mean, I don't know. At like an MVP-esque type fight. It's too bad Daly uh, retired because, you know, you could do that fight kind of paying homage to your brother a little bit, right? Another, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they could have another classic because they fight very similar. But uh, it, it doesn't interest me too much, man. And the thing about Scott Coker is you're right. He holds all his cards close to his chest. So it is odd that he's talking about that. So I'm wondering if he's just not trying to drive the price up a little bit on a BKFC or someone like that. Who knows? Because you know BKFC is going to throw their name in the hat too. Um, But yeah, that's the thing with Bellator, man. Don't go after Nate Diaz. Use that money wisely and pick up some good free agents to make these cards worth a while.
1: Yeah. Well, let me tell you this much. You know, over there at Bellator for their toy division, they have Yaroslav Amasov, the guy from Ukraine, who took a little break from fighting MMA to fight for his country. He's now training, and I guess he's going to try and um, unify versus Logan Storley, the interim. But both guys, goes, are wrestling heavy. I don't think that's attractive to Nate Diaz. I mean, yeah, I know he just signed up to fight uh, Hamza Shemaev, Um, but that looked like almost like, okay, I'll do it, but I really don't want to. But I'll tell you what: if Nate wanted to reconsider and drop back down to 55, I think he could beat Pitbull. Be a good fight. It'd be That's good a fight. Pitbull, to be exact.
3: Yeah, I'm very unlucky when I go against the Pitbull brothers. They're just a little underrated. I think that people don't give them enough credits. They're they're tough. It would be a, a pretty interesting fight. Maybe I lean towards uh, Nate, but honestly, that last fight left me thinking who who is Nate Diaz? you know is he taking camp seriously is he really because uh i thought he could have looked better than what we saw against tony ferguson and uh you know that's one thing about the pitbull brothers is you know what you're going to get out of them and yeah you have to be careful what you wish for there but yeah i i i don't see him doing that i i think his new home is just 170 and uh i think i think that's just that
1: UFC's Elizio Zaleski dos Santos reveals one-year USADA suspension. He blames a drug test failure on tainted supplement. Um, look, I think USADA is really, really tough to. Well, for one, it's tough to skirt around their testing, but two, it's also tough for, for people to believe that um, you didn't know about it. You know what I mean? And the reason is when you use this excuse, and by the way, it was an out-of-competition drug for Osterine that he tested positive for. And when you say, I had a supplement that was tainted, if they don't forgive it all, that means they really ain't buying what you got to sell. But he must have done something to go down from two years to one year. Um, they make it so easy to just take a picture and say, this is what I'm about to put in my body. Should I do it or not? You know, and so why fighters are still getting caught is beyond me. Um, I don't want to sound ignorant when it comes to this topic, but, you know, we will go a long time without hearing some of these. Unless the fighter reveals it themselves, USADA usually just doesn't do it. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. Uh, he did get it down to one year. That's That's definitely good for him. But. Yeah, I, I don't know about some of these uh, appeals towards, you know, hey, give me some leniency. This is what I thought had happened or whatever, all because of a, t- a tainted supplement. I, I don't know. I think the UFC makes it too de- too easy to not get caught cheating.
3: I think it's got to be a little bit of laziness on a fighter's side because you're right. Even if you're in doubt, even if it's a little bit, the penalty can be so severe that you got to just take that time to go is this okay? You're right they make it very very easy so to me I think whenever I see that pop up I just think either a fighters guilty or they're just lazy. It had to be.
1: I can't think of anything else honestly. Um but he did get it reduced to 1 year so I don't know what, I don't know what to say about it. It, it, it's in the news, so we're covering it. We got to move on to our next guest. Big Ben Rothwell has a fight coming up against Bobo O'Bannon. Let's talk about that. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and goes are back with another superstar from the world of combat sports. Former MMA fighter. We're not saying he's done, but he's a current bare knuckle fighter. Ben Rothwell joins us here on the program. BKFC 30 is coming up here on October 1st. It's a Saturday, and he's got a fight coming up against Bobo O'Bannon. What's going on, Big Ben? How are you?
2: Junkie Nation! Ah, It's been a while, guys. I miss miss partying with you guys. May I still remember the the hotel?
1: Yeah, you know, we have a, a friend of ours who's in town right now, and he just finished telling me about two minutes ago. He goes, man, I had a great time partying with Big Ben at the hotel suite. He was a really, really great guy.
2: It was a good time, man. It was so cool to come. Uh, just to show that the following that you guys got, you know, and they're still with you today. and It, it was a really cool thing to see and uh, for sure to be a part of it. Man. and uh, To be around, like, real fight fans has, has always been really cool for me. Um, I used to – when the we did the the fan expos, I was the guy that was in the rev gear line. I'd sit there for eight hours, man, signing everything. But yeah. I was just as excited as the fans. You know, I thought it was so cool that people want our autographs and wait in line that long. I did have to clear up one thing
1: with with him though, because he said I had a picture with Ben Big Ben that night. I go a picture of beer. <laughs> oh no, okay, sorry. <laughs> He took a picture with you, but, you know, that night we were all saucing, so I thought anything's ca- anything's on the table with Big Ben, he can put them away. But anyway, yeah, no, yeah, that was a great time. We have to do it again. Um, ben, what was the first thing that you realized, I got to focus on this for bare knuckle and just do away with from your MMA days? Like, I, I imagine you've thrown a lot away, you know, in terms of uh, probably, you know, the, the ground game and stuff like that. But even with stand-up, is there stuff that you just
2: had to, like uh, – create new habits? I don't feel like it was throwing away. I just stopped with the wrestling and the jujitsu. We were committing, you know, an hour of practice of had to be just consistent. It wasn't MMA. It was like an hour, or hour and a half of jujitsu and incorporating the wrestling, the takedowns. And then we do MMA, of course, incorporating all that throughout the week. And you break that up into thirds, so to speak you know, spending some serious time on striking, serious time on those two, serious time putting it all together. And the thing is, is I just omitted those two and now it's boxing, boxing and boxing all week long. Uh, you know, essentially we, we train on average six, you know, six days a week and whether it's strength and conditioning, um, that honestly hasn't changed much because I believe the kind of conditioning I was going through in MMA is going to help me in a two minute round. Mm-hmm. Five two-minute rounds equals 10 minutes with four rests. It's 14 minutes, four minutes of resting. And an MMA fight on the low end is three five-minute rounds. It's 15 minutes of actual fighting, only two, two rests. So just a basic fight. I fought 25-minute round, you know, 25 minutes before an MMA. So I'm going to carry that kind of conditioning with me. The difference is this is you get after it quicker. You know, I think just hit, hit the gas pedal and don't ever let off, which is great. That's, that's my fighting style is getting your face and go. When I'm not fighting that way, it's obviously when I haven't had success. So I, I know, like, what I have to do, what I got to get into, and it's always imposing my will, and that's what what's going to happen.
1: How much did you have to or did you have to clean up your boxing? Because obviously one of the things about bare knuckle is keeping your hands protected, making sure you throw your punches, you roll your punches, you're using the, the right, you know, the, 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 the two knuckles here so that you, you know, obviously avoid an injury. Um, w- did your boxing coaches assess that you your boxing is pretty clean as is, or did you have to polish that up?
2: Yeah, I'm a pretty boxing-heavy style as it is. I mean, when I spar, I throw a lot of kicks and do a lot of stuff like that. But for whatever reason, in the fights, you know, my nerves just went where I was just sticking really to boxing, um, not using my jiu-jitsu and, and stuff as much. And it cost me, and if I'm gonna act that way, well, then here, this is great. This is just fine, just box. I don't have to worry about a leg kick or a takedown or anything of that nature. I am just going to throw my hands. And uh, I, I, back when my very first started, I had some boxing matches, I had kickboxing matches. So I've, I've just been boxing a long time. A lot of the are striking styles, very oriented to it. the The big thing was for me was getting shoes and wearing shoes and having that. I've been barefoot for about 22 years since I started. I started when I was 17, I'm 40. It's a long time with no shoes. So I did get some. I'm getting more comfortable with them for sure. And all it really does is make you hit harder because you dig in. There's no slip. You just dig in and uh you know, for the most part, they I, I found a really light pair, so it's not affecting my movement, things of that nature. Uh the other thing here about bare knuckles, a lot of guys struggle with is the no hand wraps. And I know it's it's been talked about, but basically since 2011, 12, I stopped getting my hands wrapped with an actual full wrap. It was just bare minimum of tape. And I've been sparring even longer than that with no kind of hand wrap. So that that part's very natural for me uh, because I always believe precision is what's most important because I don't care how strong my hand is. If you hit something really, really hard, you're gonna hurt your hand. There's no way around that. I'm not superhuman. It's just doing your very best to hit Obviously, like you said, the right the right part of your knuckle and hitting the right spot. You gotta hit the soft tissue. And that's just the aim, you know. Like I said, precision for me trumps everything with this. Are you excited
1: about the fact that now people are saying, Hey, Ben, bare knuckle fighting, when's your bare knuckle match, you know, or or your fight versus Oban O'Bannon or whatever? Versus it seems like sometimes, and I don't mean this as a shot to the UFC. I'm pretty sure you left on good terms, or maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But in the UFC, it just seemed like fighters are part of a fight night or a numbered series. Here, I feel like Ben's got a, Ben Rothwell has a bare knuckle fight match coming up. Like there's a big spotlight on the top fighters of the card.
2: You feel the same? Yeah. I mean, this is my first gig. So for me, it's kind of like a proving thing. There's a bunch of bare knuckle fans that you can see, they don't know what I'm about. They, they don't, and some are just not sure because there's that question. How is this fighter that did MMA going to adjust to, you know, bare-knuckle boxing? So there's a little bit of approving going on, but I can already see everything that you're talking about. And, yeah, no knock on the UFC. I left on great terms. Everything's, everything's good. It's MMA. But it did become a little bit of a cookie cutter. Like, everybody's dressed the same. Everybody looks the same. Kind of took the personalities away. It's just a fact. You know, it's, it's nothing that none of us know, don't know already. Well, this is, I get to kind of become myself again, you know, get, I always talk about it. The guy that you're talking to now isn't the guy that fights, you know, I, I'm certainly known to have a light switch and at fight night, I definitely have a persona that comes out and it's just, it's that entity inside of me is of self-defense. You know, I'm imagining things like, Somebody, you know, this. I use this one. It can be any kind of thing you want, but I was always like, if somebody just recklessly came and push your wife down in front of you, how would you act? You know, there's no thinking, there's nothing. There's just like a very honed in rage to end somebody as quickly and as fast as you can. Like that's where it's at. Like that's the self-defense. It's that guardianship inside of it and bringing that out in a competition because I'm going against another man who wants to try to hurt me and put me down. So I have to take that offensively and, and show you know what it is I'm one of the best in the world at what I do and people like to see when I'm at my best and people understand and knock it.
3: Ben do you anticipate the nerves the energy from the crowd to be somewhat similar to a fight night that you're used to or do you think this will all be kind of a new experience that you're gonna just have to go through on the first time?
2: It's tough to say I'm going, I'm basically my opponent's home area. So a lot of it's going to be, i probably hear boos. or a lot of people there for him. Uh, but the crowd, you know, I, I fought in some really big arenas, very loud arenas. I fought against people that had that whole arena for them. So the arena I'm fighting in isn't as big as those, but it doesn't matter. It's energy. You got people and my job is to get them as excited as possible. That's all I care about. I don't care about anything before and during. It's getting the finish always gets that kind of reaction out of the crowd that that's what I fight for. So that's all I'm really focused on. Any nonsense that happens beforehand, it has to be just that.
3: Is there anyone in particular from the bare-knuckle world that you leaned on for a little bit of advice when you first took this assignment on?
2: Honestly, no. I just kind of made my phone calls to the company, getting to know certain people, and then Chris Lytle is actually – had performed and now he's the official you know, ring announcer or, or, or commentator, and he did when I when I came to the event. He was excited to have me and asked if you know said if I need any help to look to him. And that could very well happen after. Just for this particular fight, I'm just kind of like locked into things. I do have a boxing coach. We did get some Golden Gloves and some pro boxers with us. I also got a very big heavyweight that trains with me on a full time. So I got myself set up pretty well. And I just didn't want to mess with things too much. I just you know for me it's a fight like you know people are like oh there's a kickboxing it's mma it's this that and like if you venture in mma it is very different from all the others because there is a lot more things to worry about but for me it's i've been doing that for a long time so for me a fight's a fight like and that this is no different it's it's letting that uh, anxiety and adrenaline focused into a power and unleashing that on my opponent
3: Day-to-day, do you feel almost re-energized to a certain extent? The training is,
2: lack of a better word, just awesome, because the wrestling and jiu-jitsu have a toll at 40 years old. It just, you feel worn down the next day. It's just, the wrestling is always the, the highest risk of injury. Uh, I've watched that, you know, if anyone tries to argue it, there's nothing as injured as many people as wrestling has. So I'm avoiding a lot of injury from that. Um, my knees are holding up better because I'm not throwing kicks and blocking kicks and doing that nature. So I'm really just focused on boxing, strength conditioning. And overall, I think it's been better for my health. I also noticed that I have more output, maybe um, able to do a lot more things. I have more time to add in like a bike ride and do some other, you know, cardio activities to kind of spread out everything in my dynamics for cardio. So it's, it's yeah, it's been enjoyable.
3: Last one from me, and I'm hoping you could help settle a debate. Do you think George looks more like David Beckham or Danny Trejo? We were talking about this before you came on.
2: I don't know about Beckham, but maybe Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if I have to pick between the two, I'm going go with Danny. Hey,
3: That's what I was it. saying.
2: I'll take it. He's a great actor. <laughs> All right. I want to do the Desperado version, man. I want to get you, like, stitched out with the knives and everything. and the the extra badass. <laughs> Um, so Ben, this is a fight
1: in the, what, what division are we calling it? We were talking about it a little bit earlier, heavyweight, or are they creating, is it Time a athlete, or Are they creating a super Before we got
2: into this question, what did you say though?
1: I did say you're looking pretty good. Like the t-shirt fit nice. Looked like you had some guns. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But, but you're telling me you're going to come in heavier to this fight than you have for. Yeah. So I asked you. asked you,
2: I go, I know I'm on camera. I said, how much do you think I'm looking like I'm weighing right now? I said 262 yeah so i'm at at three bills right now this fight um i have i'm contracted to be 295 so it's been a long time like this is i'm carrying this weight a i i know this kind of got dropped on you guys i think everybody's like what is this guy gonna show up looking like but i'm as you guys can see yeah i'm ready to go man i'm in shape this is i'm i'm a true super heavyweight like i carry this weight i'm always having to drop 30 pounds and to make things I'm like that hasn't been good for me like yeah I've, i'm not super ripped but i'm 40 and like i've been dealing with this for a long time where like my body wants to be this like i, I maybe should have been a professional lineman when i was a kid but whatever this is where i ended up so i'm, I'm gonna kind of be more of me and uh, i think it's gonna make a big difference uh we'll see you know i think i think they're like man this guy's gonna come in as a slob he's not gonna have no conditioning cool man I think all of that but something else is going to show up and I'm excited for that to kind of bring back that role of super heavyweight but in all if you look on Wikipedia heavyweight is 205 to unlimited like that's just natural heavyweight dealing with boxing and the BKFC on Wikipedia that's what it says I'm like that's the way it should be like we're heavyweights like just deal with it but they're trying to change it they want to start making uh, limits on things so we'll deal with that after for this fight it's 295 and that's what we're going to do and i'm ready to go
1: so let me ask you one question here that i believe like you said they'll be naysayers so i, I want to ask but more on an educational side granted when you did have to make 266 or 265 whatever there probably came with that a lot of conditioning and diet that maybe possibly had you in better shape what would be your counter to that you know yeah you didn't put your body through a lot of stress to get to that but at the same time is there something to you know i don't know did you did you have to train harder to get to that whether it's road work or strength and conditioning or polishing up the the diet
2: well if you give me some time i'll get down closer to that but i power lifted basically january february march and april i was kind of waiting i didn't actually sign with them until april so i've got listen man i mean it's like there's some very very strong human beings on this planet but i personally was like uh, kind of a big deal for me to deadlift 500 pounds for a set of 10 like nothing like Mm -hmm. there's some very strong people but like for me that's that was a big deal it's like quarter ton of weight i was picking up for 10. pretty easy so that was kind of applying to everything, my bench, everything. I just, I got really, really strong. I was able to allow myself to get strong. So could I be this strong at the lighter weight? I don't know. Like the way I was having to eat, it was, it was nutrient deficiency. Like I paid Andy guypen and uh their crew, like I worked with it. like the bat, some of the best in the business. And they had, they did every test you can imagine. My blood work, everything. I'm like, I was eating, I cut out dairy. I was eating everything by the gram like measuring everything to make that 266. so I kind of like got to not do you know kind of I had to eat like ample amounts of protein and kind of be mentally just kind of feel feel good and just get really strong and I, I, I was actually a lot heavier you know to be honest but this is kind of where my my now that I was like they were like we gotta get you down I changed my training. But it's a good balance where it's like I need mean, to be crazy heavy, but like, yeah, I'm cutting it down and I'm t- I'm retaining the strength for me. I think that's important. Retain being this strong, still having the conditioning, still being able to do what I can do, and that's just I just mentally feel good too. I think that's even that probably has more importance to it than anything than feeling mentally just upset and drained and looking at the scale every day. I just like I said, I'm just more natural and it's just. I think it's a, it's a big deal. What kind of a plan do
1: you have for your career at Bare Knuckle? Three-fight plan, five-fight plan? Is there anything that says, by this I want to be a champ? And I ask this only because not questioning the age or anything. Heavyweights can fight for a long time. But what I have noticed is some of the fighters that have gone over from MMA, they fight, they, they come in, they make some money, they do their thing. But maybe it's because of the cuts, the violence. I don't know what it is. I haven't gotten a good grasp for how long a a fighter can sustain in bare knuckle. You know, like in, U, in the UFC, people would make a big deal out of like, hey, that's his 20th fight. That seemed like a nice benchmark, even though there's guys that have fought into the 30s and almost 40. And then there's some that after 10, they just got cut or they, they, they retired or whatever. In bare knuckle, I'm seeing a comfort zone of about five to 10 fights, and that might be it. So how about for you? Have you kind of like thought about that?
2: no honestly i didn't think about it i don't want to think about something in the future like like thinking about future opponents like well no i got i got bobo Band in front of me like that is first and foremost like we did we did talk about like hey what ifs and just stuff like that but my mind's always focused on here and now and i have to perform here and now if you have bad fights yeah that number you got this number in your head having to get 10 fights and then also you have a bad fight and now you're like man i hope i get five and now have another bad fight and then it's it like you don't know what I know is I need to do me and let my body kind of decide let my mind decide, like, feel like I got my wits about me and I feel good. I'm healthy. And, you know, I, am 40, but I don't, I don't, there, there's, there's a fire here. It's like when the fire goes away, you don't want to fight. And you're just fighting for money. Like, yeah, I would, I would immediately be done and walk away. And that's not, that's just not where I'm at. I love what I do. I've been doing this a long, long time. Um, and that's what I think is most important is that when your passion's in it, you will fight good. You'll be safe. And if you're not, and then you're probably going to have a bad night, but it's still whatever. Like I try, I just, I don't, I'm a guy that just don't make assumptions. Don't think things you don't can't know and stuff like that. So I just really try to get all that stuff out of my mind. And I, I see where you're trying to go. It's like, Hey, interested to think about it, but I just don't think that it just doesn't matter. But like, what I, what I know is next week I have a fight. That's that's the thought. Everything has to be focused on that and giving my very best performance for that night. Once that's over with, then we evaluate and think about the next one and literally just take it as a fight-by-fight fight type of mentality.
1: And we'll definitely be tuning in. Bare Knuckle 30, the co-main event featuring Bobo Bannon versus Ben Rothwell. Cannot wait to watch that. Thank you, as always, for the time, Mr. King of Kenosha, Big Ben Rothwell, as always, an honor.
2: Hey, man, you guys are awesome only a long, long time. I've been telling the media this lately. I know some of the guys get – I, I, I kind of listened to some of the fighters recently kind of come at the media. And it's like, listen, this is we're partners in this, man. Like, I come from a day when I first started in 1999. Remember, there was politicians and everything else trying to ban combat sports. So – it was because the media and you yeah, guys doing stories on us and getting more people interested, we got it to where we're at. And it continues to grow because of that. So I'm always very thankful for you guys and you two especially you are die combat sport fans and you just bring a lot of good things to the sport and to us and give us a good name. So I humbly always appreciate you guys.
3: Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. Appreciate it. Good luck again on October 1st. We'll definitely be tuning in.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Junkie Nation. Always nice talking to the big man himself, Big Ben Rothwell. Sounds like a, like a young kid going back to school goes. He's doing his back-to-school shopping for clothes. He's getting all of his his books covered. He's got his crayons, rulers, new pencils, everything. Ready to go.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting approach he's taken. I mean, this is a brutal sport, man. BKFC you're, when you were going over like the longevity of what those fighters are, we still don't really know. But uh, I don't know that the shelf life is that big, especially at heavyweight. So we'll have to see. But uh, it seems as though he's taking it serious. You know, Ben doesn't strike me as a guy that would take things lightly. But we'll have to see what what happens here. But I'm glad he's over there, and I think he's going to do good. I think he's going to do well. It's going to be exciting.
1: A couple quick ones here before we leave. Joe Rogan says uh, he'll be done when – Dana white leaves says it's in his contract. What do you think? Is that, does that sound about right to you? I mean, they, they are pretty good friends. They're both very rich and it seems like one is just kind of repaying the other one for the opportunity and just being loyal. Um, do you, does it sound like kind of like a pretty firm retirement there from Rogan? You know, whenever Dana white's done, he's done.
3: Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, You know, Joe's been kind of getting a little bit of heat with people saying that he's kind of phoning it in. And Joe's just so good at what he does that maybe uh, not the frequency of cards that he had before is so different now, especially with the new rotation of broadcasters. It's just really hard to keep up with the sport. Uh, So I don't know. I I don't know... I can't tell if Joe still has the same fire and love that he used to. But if you ask me who my A-team is, it's Anik, it's uh, Rogan, and, and Cormier. I like that group together. Um, but if he leaves when Dana White leaves, that could be a long time from now. We don't know. I've constantly said I feel like Dana doesn't have much time, and it's only because, you know, at some point you want to enjoy this money that he's made and uh, – Think about how many cards he's been to. That means a lot of time missed with the family. So I think his time's going to come a little bit sooner than we think. I would hope Joe Rogan sticks around, but uh, if that's his call as well, then, you know, it's not like we're not going to hear from him. He does so many things that involve submission grappling or MMA that he'll still be around and we'll still get our Joe Rogan fix, but it will probably feel like a different product without both of those guys. Right. And then
1: Dana White, he just met with the media after the latest Tuesday Night Contender Series, and he says the plan, his eventual plan is to have Tuesday Night Contender Series on ESPN, the network goes, not ESPN Plus, or ESPN Radio, or ESPN 2, ESPN, the network. Now, you know that sometimes Dana says crazy stuff, like it'll be the biggest sport ever, including soccer, or whatever, and I just roll my eyes. To this one, I don't. I think it can make it. We've seen versions of Tuesday night fights, Tuesday night Titans, pro wrestling, boxing, whatever, where there's something that happens midweek and and there's an audience
3: for it. I think this one has a chance to come true for Dana. Yeah, I think it can too, but he's going to run out of fighters to put on those cards if he keeps giving contracts to anybody who shows up. The amount of contracts that have gone out this season has kind of made it not as fun for me. But uh, I could see them being on ESPN. I think that would be fun hmm I think
1: I'm in his corner for this one, but remember they can come back with the Dana White Contender Series next year, do 10 shows where maybe they only have four fights where someone's trying to get in the UFC. And it doesn't mean that they can't have a headliner of someone from the roster. You know, they can still have someone mm-hmm. from the roster headline to bring in the eyeballs and then still have four fights that have to do with Contenders, and I, I think that one would tick a lot of boxes. Like, if I were to tell you randomly, look, I'm just gonna pick two names out of a box or uh, out of a hat, let's say Patty Pimlet were to fight. Um, well, no, he's gonna save that for a pay per view, but you know what I mean. One of those guys, like a Jim Miller versus Joe Lazan, they headline this card, uh, one card on a Tuesday, and then you have the four contender fights. I, I think they're onto something with that,
3: could be, yeah. I think it'd be interesting, yeah. Um, but you know I, what, you huh? know what the thing is, George. Um, sorry to cut you off, but I just want anything to be on ESPN. I'm tired of this goddamn streaming stuff. You know, like Thursday Night Football? How's dad supposed to watch that? He's going to fire up Amazon Prime? No. Yeah, sometimes I even get fucking tired of it. So mm-hmm. I'm just glad that I can just use my remote control on my TV, say ESPN, and watch fights. I would much rather do that than the – and ESPN Plus, I'm sorry. Your app sucks, bro. It, it, it makes things so difficult sometimes to go back and watch fights or live fights. It, it's a mess. I just want to see fights on TV. So if they can pull it off, I'll be the happiest kid ever. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, for those of you that are following the Cain Velasquez case, check out MMA Junkies front page, Nolan King, holding it down once again says the pretrial hearing for the alleged Cain Velasquez target, which in this case would be the alleged accused child molester, Henry Gularte, that pretrial hearing has been continued to November. Uh, you can get more details on that story with uh, Elisio Zaleski Dos Santos with the one-year USADA suspension. Remember, that came from him. He's blaming it on a tainted supplement, but all the all the scientific stuff, all the explanations, everything regarding USADA guidelines, it's all in the story there. We tried to kind of give you the cliff notes there without digging into it too much because it is a lot of digging into. There's a lot of quotes. There's a statement from USADA, so you're better off just kind of reading it on your own if that interests you. Uh, you know, Cody garbrand he lost his opponent, but now guess what? He's injured himself, so both guys aren't going to be available to fight uh in the meantime but i know a lot of people are Cody Garbrandt fans uh and, I, and to be fair some of you are uh Honey Yaya fans but they will not be fighting each other or they won't be fighting uh anytime soon i i, I don't think there's serious injuries but still there's just a postponement in regards to both of them and thank you all for the retweets and the and the shares of the September 21 video that goes and Abby from our website with idea coming from Simon. It was Simon Smile's original idea, right guys? Yeah,
3: Yeah, it was kind of almost like a a challenge. It was his idea,
1: and these guys pulled it off, and shout out to them. Uh, If you see it out there, keep resharing, keep posting. It was really, really cool, but it's the song September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, where the lyrics specify September 21st. It's really cool, and you'll see a lot of your favorite MMA stars and notables in it. Uh, great great performances from uh, Demetrius Johnson it appears stole the show so check that out and one last note we won't be with you for another week because we're going to take off Monday his birthday is coming up and so is mine so we have a couple days that we're off but we'll see you for next Thursday's show uh, again off on Monday which also means no spinning back click but hey we're here a lot so just cut us this break we promise you we'll make up for it and we'll talk to you soon folks enjoy the fights this weekend bellator 285 no ufc but as always we got you covered for anything that pops here on mma junkie we'll talk to you soon go out and be a champion